0: Well, live and loud from the Live Loud Studios, this is Stan Pyre the Vampire reporting in. It is week 15. The regular season is locked in, and the playoff tickets have been punched. I'm joined live in studio by none other than Quinn Carson. Quinn, how's it going, my man?
1: Daniel, it's going well. It's our first week of the playoffs We're going to talk the Ray Lewis League. We're going to talk the Vampire League. And we have a huge special announcement for you this week. We're really excited
2: about
0: this. Yeah, Quinn, between the two leagues, we've got four playoff matchups going on this week. But we've got a reason for every single person in both leagues to stay tuned this This podcast. Isn't that right? that's
1: That's correct. We really have been interested from day one with this podcast with keeping our league members interested in the activities and the momentum of each of these fantasy leagues so the fact that we have listeners and you guys actually you know listen to the storylines that we're trying to paint and uh in a sense entertain and inform you all with this is the big sort of aha moment we had together and it was how can we make it and how can we incentivize the idea of every member in the league continuing to play throughout the whole season, even if they've missed the playoffs in their league.
0: Yeah, and we can't wait to tell you all about this groundbreaking new idea that we've had. Coming up, right after a word from our commercial sponsor. This
1: summer, in their strongest installment yet, lies a romance between man and woman pursued chased forced to own up to their feelings these two must join together forever and ever lifetime presents star wars the empire strikes back
0: and we're back quinn i gotta tell you it was about a day and a half ago and i got a text from you and it seemed like you went into a mathematical trance of sorts you're spewing out all sorts of numbers with all sorts of different significant figures. Seemed like you stayed up all night trying to figure out a way to pit the two leagues, the Ray Lewis League and the Vampire League, to pit those two against each other head to head. Is that right?
1: That's correct, Daniel. That was something I'd been thinking about. And I wanted to find a way if we could put these two teams, or the, excuse me, these two leagues, together at the end of the season for a grand finale tournament of the year. And so you and I put together a couple ideas, how we could potentially, you know, how we could put together a formula that would find our rankings for a bracket. And through that, I did stay up kind of late hanging out thinking about it and Mm -hmm. tried a couple different uh, ideas. Um, And the main place that we ended up at was using this idea of the points scored throughout the season for everybody and how we might find a number that can correctly inflate the scoring that happens in the Ray Lewis League and inflate it to match the type of scoring that happens in the Vampire League. With less teams, the Vampire League has higher scoring because of, in a sense, better lineups, because of fewer competition and fewer roster spots to compete with filling with the
0: top players. So sure, what we're yeah. talking about is in the realm of fantasy football, you took the fantasy even further, right? Yes, I did. So Quinn dared to dream. We'll see if, much like Icarus, if he flies too close to the sun. But what you did was pretty impressive with a uh, a pen and pad. I'll tell you, I got a scrambled uh, text message, 2.39 p.m. Central Time. I think that's like 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Quinn's got all sorts of figures and numbers here. I took them all at face value as being true. Uh, But, Quinn, is you're about to explain, you ended up figuring out what would become the word of the day today for you, and that's a coefficient. Is that correct? (laughs) Correct,
1: Daniel. And why don't you tell the listeners what a coefficient is?
0: No, so I want you to tell the listeners what a coefficient <laughs> is. By explaining, no. <laughs> by explaining how you came out with a number that would, and here I'm explaining Quinn's idea in layman's terms, you came up with a number that could help us compare vis-a-vis, or at face value, members of the two leagues. And we tried to take an account is best an English degree and a music degree can, how to encompass things like larger rosters, more teams in the league, and differences in scoring patterns between the two leagues. And Quinn, it seems like you did quite a bit of research to come up with a reasonable data figure that would uh, represent a comparison point between the two.
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, first of all, I didn't really find much information on how to create a formula for two separate leagues to compete each, with each other. One of the examples I found on the internet was two offices, like an office that wanted to have two buildings compete in one league and then have the, the champions compete against each other. So when I looked at it, uh, I came up with three different formulas. The third formula is what we've picked today to go with. Um, Through the playoffs and this formula is going to be used for us to have an equivalent scoring system between moments where a owner from the Ray Lewis League is playing an owner from the Vampire League uh, with the added advantages of having a smaller league, a different draft style and more roster spots per team. Uh, the Vampire League has the ability to score more. The Vampire League scores on average per roster spot 107 points, Daniel. And on average, the average roster spot for the Ray Lewis League scores 100.99 points. Sure. So basically, 101. There's a smaller, there's a small difference there where you can see the average is that our players in the Ray Lewis League score more because of a smaller roster size.
0: Yeah. So, Quinn, uh, what we're talking about is that. The Vampire League does have two more roster spots per team, uh, 17 compared to 15 in the Ray Lewis League. However, you also have to account for the additional teams in the Ray Lewis League, 12 teams compared to six for the Vampire League. Um, so I think, uh, again, it bears mentioning, I, I think that you do deserve a fair amount of uh, you know credit for doing this work. Being a non-Math person, uh, I contributed marginally. And, um, yeah, you know, so we accounted for differences in roster size. Uh, What else do you have to add about what you took into account in figuring out this number?
1: Yeah, the next thing I wanted to take into account um, was the points for uh, throughout the year for the two leagues. And, you know, last week we talked about uh, all the the top scoring throughout both leagues and how they – You know factored into the playoff position right you know we pretty much got to look at how the scoring has gone in both leagues and then we also talked about scoring in the league based on that record that i set in the ray lewis league with points allowed against me you know i had one of the highest ever so in this case this week the second formula i found out after finding out that basically there's a six percent bump in the Ray Lewis per rostered member, like we just talked about. The second formula takes into account all the points scored throughout the entire leagues. So, when you divide the 10,900 some odd points by six and the 18,000 some odd points by 12 teams, you come out with an average that each league team uh, would have scored. And when we divided those two against each other, that's again where I found an inflated number in the Vampire League of 1,800. And 26 and a half points to 1,514 points. So, when the Ray Lewis League is scoring less per team, I argued also, you know, what would be the inflated number to bring them up to the same amount of points scored on average as a vampire team? And that number was slightly higher. Uh, It was 1.2 versus the first number, which was, you know, 6% higher, you know, 1.06 higher. Um, and those two numbers didn't really give us a great picture about what a scoring title would be if you had a player in the Vampire League playing a player in the Bay Lewis League. Those two numbers uh, were too volatile. Like one would either be too much, like the, the 20% added on top, like the second formula I found, and the 6% didn't seem to do enough to really even out the scoring. So um, we
0: dug a little bit deeper.
1: We sure did, and this is, I think, really where we came into play for sure. Like today, <laughs> oh, this is where you oh, really came in. You know, okay. you know, at this point, it was your brilliance and your thinking that allowed us to finish this. We took those two numbers, and uh, we needed to find a better coefficient that represented <laughs> <laughs> that represented our thing. And and uh, Daniel the way we came up with it was we took the two highest scores in both leagues. So we took the number one score in the vampire league. We took the number one score in the Ray Lewis league. And we divided those numbers against each other.
0: Yeah. So Siren House, Andy Martin, of course was the leading score in the Ray Lewis league. Andy managed to put up an astounding 1727.6 points in the 12 man league. Uh, Quinn, remind me who who was the point scoring leader in the Vampire League this year?
1: Finishing in week fourteen, I don't think you were the points leader at any point before that, were you? But it was Daniel Stampires back in the Vampire League with nineteen hundred and thirty nine. Is that correct, off the top of my
0: head? Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. And yeah. so, yeah, you know, like Quinn said, uh, you divided those two numbers against each other to figure out the margin, right? Nineteen. 39 on the nose for Stan Pyre's back,
2: motherfuckers.
1: Right. So when you divide uh, those two numbers, it was uh, the inflation rate, if you want to call it that, was uh, 1.11, 11% 11 higher, not 6% and not 20%, but 11%. And that rang true for us. And we checked it against a couple matches that we found throughout the season that might have applied. And uh, found that the number was pretty equivalent. And it's equivalent in a sense, Daniel, the last part of the conversation we'll have before we really get into this is that it's equivalent because it's based on the grade in a way of the game. Like if you had an A plus game or if you had a B game or a C game or an F game, right? Uh, You know, those graded sort of areas is where I am like, I want what an A level game in the Ray Lewis League. I want that score. What's that equivalent? In an A-level game in the Vampire League, and so that's what we were looking for. And this eleven percent bump, I think, is kind of a really strong representation of you know some of the best players, uh, the most interactive in the league, the people that are you know who are active the entire the entire time and have done well. Um, those are the, the 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 numbers that we could base off of, like a fully functioning owner in each league, and uh, taking into account that. You know, if they've scored the highest points, that's pretty much the, the ceiling. It's not really a bell curve, but it's sort of grading it by taking those highest scores and making those A pluses and then finding an equivalent between the two.
0: Yeah. And not to take anything away from the teams that did not make the playoffs, uh, you know, the, the statistical analysis yields just as fascinating results for teams like Team Kiss and Cousins and uh, Moose Courtway. Uh, turd ferguson you know those teams are going to be just as fashion faci- uh, that oh man ooh, try mouth, uh quinn uh, just uh, one more thing to add before we get to the nitty gritty sure. tell us about your exploration into the bracket generation websites uh in preparation for this podcast
1: <laughs> yeah i would say that um you know I believe we've got almost everybody's team emblem next to their name as we uh, continue this bracket. So um, it should be really entertaining. We'll keep an eye on how everything goes. And the way the bracket breaks down is it is of round one, a quarterfinals, and then a four-team, four-way Fatal Championship match. My God! Yeah, (laughs) that's right, Daniel, the top scorer. In the final week in week 17 of the season, we'll be crowned the 2021 Fatal Four-Way Championship uh, winner uh, for the Vampire Journals podcast.
0: Yeah, now, Quinn, with all that out of the way, we're finally going to get down to taking a look at the actual bracket and the actual matchups, and I can't wait to get to it. Coming up, after a word from our commercial sponsor. Now, as Anna's Boat
1: Rack biz is on the verge of going international, love gets in the way. Coming this winter, starring Reese Witherspoon and Chad Hemsworth, Coat Rack 2. I'm a first take kind of guy, Daniel.
0: Coming this winter, Boat Rack 2. Fuck! All right, Quinn. Now we're back in studio. And I think the first thing that a layman is gonna say when they take a look at this bracket is what, wait what a second. What's going
1: on with that last segment? <laughs> wait they're <laughs> gonna
0: say, wait a second, Stampires in the one seed, siren House is in the two seed. Those guys are three seeds in their respective brackets. What the fuck's going on there?
1: So dig this. Uh, the whole ranking system is based off the entire season. Uh, uh points four for each team owner. And what we've done is you know all that last segment we had a cold conversation about finding a coefficient that we could use to equalize the, you know the, the season scoring for a team in the Ray Lewis League up to a team in the Vampire League. Daniel, you had 1939 in the, in the Vampire League. But in the Ray Lewis League, for instance, you ended up with 1671. So when we did the math and we multiplied that times 11%, we could find what your equivalent Vampire League performance would have been with the roster that you uh, that you played with in the Ray Lewis League.
0: Bingo. Uh,
1: so in this case, we have a ranking from 1 to 14 of all of these converted scores and how they stand up after the conversion. So... Andy was the highest score in the Ray Lewis League. He came in with 1727.6, like we talked about. If you do the equation, which we won't do the equation for everybody, we're just going to talk about their numbers after the equation from now on. Andy, 1727.6 times 11% bump, finishes him with 1917.6. So he finishes 22 points lower than you, Daniel, uh, in, in this equivalency. So you still outscore him even after uh, this 11% increase is added. And so that's why you're the one seed, he's the two seed in a 14-man bracket. You both get a bye through this week.
0: Right. And so the big takeaway there is that wins and losses have nothing to do with the reseeding in this bracket. This is based solely on points scored throughout your respective fantasy seasons. So it takes a little bit of control and puts it in the driver's seat of the team. You don't have to account for wins and losses, but you still have to atone for how your team performed throughout the season.
1: Right. Uh, Cause that's, that's, it's about, you know, keeping yourself interested. You know, this is a tournament that you can win based off of your performance, win or lose. And more importantly, whether you're going to the playoffs or not. So for instance, I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to team kissing cousins. We're talking to you know turd ferguson who just missed the playoffs in the vampire league and we're talking to you know kyle and scott these people that finished lower in the league uh but want to have some type of redemption well we think that we found it here and uh daniel is there a possible conversation about maybe an award or a reward for winning this tournament
0: Yeah, absolutely. As Commissioner of the Vampire League, I'm always looking to take care of all members of the league. And I hope I'm speaking on Commissioner Fox's behalf for the Ray Lewis League. Now, uh, I say this in confidence when I believe that we are going to confer commish to commish and decide on some sort of uh, recognition or award associated with victory in this bracket. Well, i was about to to
1: say, Daniel... Kind of like the challenge, you know, like, do you remember the season of the challenge when uh, they didn't tell them there's a million dollar reward, but it was actually like they told them 300,000, but it was actually a million dollar prize? Yeah. And TJ's like, I want to see if they can really win it. Well, in this case, you know, we just came up with this idea. The two commissioners are going to come up with a reward for winning this tournament. But based on our activity, you know, comments in the chats, your, your intensity, you know, remaking sure you roster a squad for this week. Those are the things that are going to make this award uh, even bigger. This championship belt could be worth even more. You know, it could be things like, uh, you know, uh, positions in the draft, or it could be something of, you know, a preference in scheduling, or maybe it's an extra $5 or something. You know, uh, somehow here or there, you know, I don't know. Somehow we could figure out a way to help out an auction scenario or something. You know, there's got to be an award uh, for keeping everybody, you know, for keeping yourself uh, tuned up and dialed in throughout the entire season.
0: You sound like you're trying to run for commissioner in one of these
1: leagues. No, I'm just, you know, it all started with my...
0: Just tone it back a little bit.
1: You (laughs) know, I wanted there to be more trades back in the day. And that's sort of how my grassroots energy started with like creating a podcast that would be entertaining for people so that, you know, maybe they want to be more involved. So if someone texts you about a trade, you're like going to take the time to answer it. You know what I mean? And now we're here, bro. So Quinn, we've talked
0: about the one and the two seed. Walk me through the three and four seed matchups, which both, intra divisional play Between members of both leagues
1: Yeah, right off the bat, Daniel Super exciting We get to have a matchup Between uh, members of, of two separate fantasy leagues And this week we're going to be Checking out their scores And doing the equivalent score in the, in the Ray Lewis League To give a head-to-head matchup Between our number three And our number 14 seed uh, uh, Mr. Solo Dolo Chase Chase is coming in with 1,907 points, 7.34 points, and he's going to be ranked third, and he's going to add a 14 seed against Kyle Sandusky-Shower.
0: Yeah, our boy Kyle across the waters in the Ray Lewis League accounted for a total of 1,311.6 points. Now, if we take the 1,311.6 and multiply it times 1.11, Good for 1,455 points. Now, Quinn, that total would not have gone very far in the Vampire League this year. Kyle was a victim of injuries. Do you think this 14 seed, is that the world that he's living in for the next few years? Or is that a squad that's going to be able to turn it around?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I don't want to say that obviously keep rostering these guys and he'll be able to see maybe through week 17, which is his strongest player would be to keep for next year.
0: Okay. So three fourteen features chase. We're going to talk about him uh, a bit more in the vampire league segment. Uh, but he, he rose a few waves in the tide pool, ruffled a few feathers today. Uh, any quick thoughts about how his Vampire team would stand uh, in this bracket long matchup. Do you think as a three seed, that's a solid team that can make a run at the championship belt?
1: Yes, uh, you know, he's got one of the strongest teams in the Vampire league. And obviously this is one of the things when we asked him which team he wanted to run with in this tournament, he picked the Vampire league team for a reason. You know, this team's hot. Chase ended up the, you know, one of the tops, you know, the top seed in the playoffs for the Vampire League. There's a great chance that he could come out and win this one and win the Vampire League. And he could even make a run with his other team in the, in the Ray Lewis League and, and win all three. Uh, I also think that this type of tournament with a real reward at the end of it would make people sort of hesitate on sending players into the playoffs on other teams. Uh, kind of which which happens in both leagues sometimes. Yeah, uh,
0: I got to say the four versus 13, just to tease it before you break it down, I think it's the most fascinating matchup amongst all of them. Uh, it is an interdivisional matchup. features two former roommates uh, and, uh, yeah, just two of the biggest characters in the league. So tell us what we're looking at at four versus 13.
1: Right, we're looking at number four, uh, Deacon Dwarf Kurt Taylor is gonna take on number thirteen team kissing cousin, Sam King Cannon. You know Sam from his new show, uh Let Me Show You Something. Uh, let's run that right now. Coming this winter, it's Let Me Show You Something with the Skin Cannon. Clic? Sam King Cannon.
0: I'm the horticulturalist. Wow. I'm looking at uh, the landscape irrigation system and trying to make sure that everything's functioning properly and um, that everything's getting covered. Coming this winter, let me show you something. Covered. With the skin cannon, Sam King Cannon.
1: And uh, we're back. And, uh, you know, Sam versus Kurt. Daniel, what do you think about this? You said they were roommates. Do they have some history together?
0: Yeah, so both of them being soccer players growing up, it really divided the household at the Rock House. Um, you know, they were just – Sam really appreciated the uh, La Liga Spanish form of football, whereas Kurt's always been more of an uh, English Premier League uh, Man U fan. And so, you know, just styles clashed constantly – And uh, yeah, I think that all of this is going to have to be decided ultimately here and now in this one fantasy football bracket. So Kurt's team, you know, Kurt's team for the first time in uh, Vampire League history. has made the playoffs. He secured the two seed in the league, was the number three score in the Vampire League in the process, came out the number four score overall across the board. Uh, Sam King Cannon Team Kiss and Cousins was my first playoff lock of the season. Unfortunately that didn't bear out as he ground his way to a 4-10 and record in terms of total points scored finished 11 out of 12 teams in the Ray Lewis League.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're going to Keep abreast of both of the scores in those two games, and then obviously add the 11-point inflation for Sandusky Shower and and, uh, Sam. Daniel, one of the champions of last year's leagues, the Ray Lewis League champion in 2020, Tristan Johnsonville Champs, sits at the 5 seed and he's taken on number 12, cross-eyed Dilford Scott King. Scott coming in with 1,515 points after the average adjustment, And Tristan with 1,816 points after the average adjustment Gives them a great field of vision for how they might do for the rest of the season Or in this Vampire Journal's Fatal 4 way
0: Yeah, much like I said last week, Tristan's a team that just don't give a fuck So, you know, if if there's one person who's not going to feel slighted by a 5 seed I think it's got to be Johnsonville Chance Totally Totally now across the table unfortunately uh, Scott's a real wild card he's a real X factor you never know what you're going to get from him Quinn I think that uh, we were going to have Scott here in the studio a little bit later is that right
1: yeah you know uh, Scott's got a thing or two to say about the fatal four way tournament it's uh, his chance to say something in the league this year
0: yeah I can't wait for that now in terms of figuring out a winner in this matchup Um, As much as I do fear Scott on a personal level, I got to say, I think Tristan's team is going to come out on top in this uh, head-to-head matchup between two Ray Lewis teams. I think Tristan's licking his chops, looking ahead around, trying to get a taste of one of the vampire teams.
1: Yeah, and then um, in case you guys were wondering, Daniel, I think for a point of uh, order, we're going to be keeping the scores you know, with this inflation down. So we'll probably present the score inflated the result of this one, even though it's two Ray Lewis leagues.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of consistency, in terms of presentation, it's what all the top-notch productions do. And we hold ourselves to that same standard.
1: Someone that doesn't hold himself to any standards when it comes to the fantasy football leagues is the number six ranked Turd
0: Ferguson. Someone who doesn't hold themselves to any standards is our sixth seed in the bracket, Turd Ferguson. Someone
1: who hates the idea of holding (laughs) himself to any standard that the U.S. government wants to apply to him is the number six seed, Turd.
0: Someone who would defecate on an 80-year-old woman in public with no shame on his face is our number six seed, Turd Ferguson.
1: A man who would hold a gun on his lawn while people are parading by would not let this number six seed person go by. It's number six turd Ferguson. Daniel, he's placing a big bet to go against the number 11 seed from the Ray Lewis League. We got another interleague matchup between HUD, the stud, Zach. Zach's coming in hot after barely missing out on the playoff race. In the Ray Lewis League, and he's coming back with a vengeance to try and upset Turd Ferguson and go on to win the VJP four-way championship.
0: Hey, if you're Robbie, you gotta bet big to win big, but for Z-Hud the stud, I gotta say he's got a passport busier than Jason Bourne. Bouncing between the Fantasy Basketball Dynasty League, the Ray Lewis League, and now dipping his toes into vampire territory. He's gonna have more jet lag than Harry Styles in 2016. Uh, Now, Hud the stud is the 11th seed, the under dog in this matchup but if his fantasy skills are anything like his paintball talents he's going to be a lot to handle this weekend
1: yeah daniel i gotta break some insider news that you've told me perhaps you can corroborate this but you know i heard from a little birdie that kurt taylor himself says that z hud's lucky that he's on the other side of the bracket right now as you look if you take a look at the image you can see that z hud's in the so it's the stoner bracket and the what bracket?
0: Uh, Yeah, so Chase's side of the bracket is, is in the that's, bottom. That's yeah. the z So Yeah, so the southern bracket is the stoner bracket, and, and the northern bracket is the jocks. So it's the stoners versus jocks. Yeah, and it looks like Kurt and Hud the Studs, only chance to have that one last dance is in the big show. That is the championship bout, the fatal four-way. They're going to have to book their tickets, but it's going to be a bumpy ride for each of them as they have several higher-seated teams that pose quite the presence against them.
1: They do, and Daniel... Right after this, we're going to do the last two games of the bracket and then talk about it one last time before we move on. How about that? Sounds good, man. We'll be right back right after this. And we're back. Daniel, when we got done with this bracket, uh, you, know, you made a claim that you're going to go win it all. And, of course, the way you're going to do that is by scoring as high and as many points as you can in these last four-way bout we'll have a four-way championship where in week 17, there'll be four teams that can have their uh, opportunity to put up the highest score and the highest score wins.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's the way it works, man. And if uh, we think about the term fatal four-way, you know, you might be kind of thrown back to some of the WWE days and uh, you know, you have to think back. uh, Daniel. What? Daniel Oh my, oh my, oh, oh my god S- Scott, is that you? Yes Jesus Christ, where did you come from?
1: I've been right here
0: Oh my god, bro, you don't live up here, how did you get up here? They're supposed to be maintenance men that came today, correct? <laughs> is Steven here? Did you come up with him? Where did you come from?
1: I was hiding behind the cigarette Daniel on the top But this wheel. We have 30 seconds. Yeah, they Listen, were supposed here to win this, to this tournament. Here, I'm still man. in
0: this league. Scott? Cut what, their throats, Daniel. What? I'm going to take them all down, Daniel. They're all mine. What the fuck? Scott? Scott, Scott where are you going? Scott! What the fuck? Did well, you- and we're... <laughs> oh, my God.
2: He's back again.
0: You? Scott. Listen, man, we can all win this championship. Man, Look, just I'm not give me the knife, not, Scott. Just give more. me the Thousand knife, days. and we can both win a championship this year, bro. We can't win a championship together, Scott. Scott! Quinn, I think, I think he's gone for good this time. Yeah, crazy guy. <laughs> Scott. You can say that again. Jeez.
1: You know, when you put it all together, you know.
0: I don't know, man. I
1: think we should give the guy a chance. It's just that when he doesn't wear his glasses, he's a different person, you know. Yeah. yeah. When he's cross-eyed. Yeah. But, Daniel, we've got a big matchup for the seven seed. It's Derek, Bab of the Anal Fisters is going to take on number 10, J Money Bags. The winner of that matchup will go up against the number 2, Siren House, and we're excited to see who Andy might face next week.
0: Yes, so this is a tough one to know who to root for. In one corner, we've got everybody's favorite, Big Red Bell, the PlayStation Wizard himself, Derek Babb. In the other corner, we got the limousine riding gold jet wearing the one they call Jay Moneybags, um, so I think it's anybody's guess. That's a bloodbath there, just to turn around and face one of the hottest teams in the Ray Lewis League in Siren House. Uh, you know, so I'm glad that I'm not in the Stoner side of the bracket because that's a murderer's row of Ray Lewis teams.
1: And not to step on uh, our next segment or anything, but you know, Derek is playing Andy this week in the the ray lewis playoff so if uh say derek wins in round one andy may get some redemption next week to try and kick him out of this playoff
0: it's the quinn if my math is correct uh we have but one more matchup to talk about is that right yeah
1: and it's our classic eight nine matchup daniel you know those are the 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 fun ones the the big ones the the
0: and yeah, up, so eight nines. Yeah, traditionally in uh, March Madness style brackets, pit some teams that kind of underwhelmed, maybe some teams that were thought to be competitive in their conference tournaments that lost early, uh, teams with uh, highly recruited freshmen that weren't quite as impactful as expected, but uh, in any case, their teams good enough to make the dance that probably had higher expectations and they achieved. Uh, it's Seasons In.
1: Correct. We've got Smoking and Jay Cutler and Bone Effects Trees in that sense. Um, but interesting, Daniel, both have elected to use the Ray Lewis teams.
0: Yeah, it's interesting indeed. I didn't realize that you would have the option to choose, but I would not. I'm curious where that courtesy text got lost.
1: Uh, well, we talked about which team you wanted. Already, uh-huh. like on the phone when we were talking about this podcast.
0: I don't remember that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, do you want to use any rates? We got
0: smoking, we got smoking Jay Cutler versus Bonafex Trees. Quinn, I never thought you could finish last in a league and then finish with a top nine out of uh, 14 seating. How does it feel to be fighting above your weight class? up here in this big bracket well you
1: know you got to remember too Daniel I finished uh in the top half of the Ray Lewis league in scoring I just also had a monumental year and the points allowed in that league as well as I did in the Ray Lewis league so you know I'm I feel just like a nine seed does it's you're trying to win your game and then you got to go right up against the number one seed next week
0: Now, Quinn, speaking as somebody who does have stake in both leagues, do you feel a sense of pride in one league over the other? Is there a certain league you're rooting for to come out on top throughout this bracket?
1: Yeah, I would love to see uh, the Ray Lewis League teams uh, really actually have competitive scores that I think fit our model that we had this idea that we think that it's only an 11% deficit to overcome so um i I think it's gonna be really fun and it and it just goes to show like you know if you put your squad out there regardless of whether you're in the playoffs or not or in a constellation bracket or whatnot like you know this is another way to see what could happen and as this unfolds we have two or three weeks to decide what the championship is so keep playing and we'll see uh what the reward comes
0: Sure. Now, Quinn, I'm sure we'll allude to it a couple more times in the podcast. Uh, but what are going to be maybe the most convenient ways for listeners of the podcast to view this bracket?
1: Um, in the Facebook Messenger and the Vampire Messengers, I'm going to drop the image of the bracket uh, in the in the comments.
0: Excellent. Don't forget to visit quincarsonmusic.net. <laughs> for any uh, podcast-related questions you might have.
1: Right. So, Daniel, let's take a quick break. Again, thanks for hanging with us in this. We hope you're excited like we are. Folks, we've got interleague playoff fantasy football
0: happening. How crazy is that? Things are going to get even crazier coming up after this. Where's the place to get the hats? Rock City kids. Where's the place to get the shirts? Rock City Kicks! Where's the where place to get the pants? Rock City Kits! Where's the place to get the kits? Rock City Kicks! Located at 121 West Township Street. Today's extended break is brought to you by America's Test Kitchen Slow Cooker Revolution. Turkey breast in gravy serves six to eight. Cooking time five to seven hours on low. Why this recipe works, no one will ever guess that this Thanksgiving classic was turned out of a slow cooker when you serve up moist slices of turkey drizzled with rich brown gravy. But it takes a little advance work and a skillet to get it right. We found that it was possible to skip the cumbersome step of browning the turkey breast, But to get a real gravy, we still needed the skillet to build a proper flavor base and make a roux. First, we browned the onion, carrot, celery, and garlic. Then we added flour and cooked it until golden brown, deglazing the pan with wine. Added to the slow cooker with the turkey and some chicken stock. This base mingled with the juice released as the turkey cooked, resulting in a hearty gravy. Quinn, and we're back. And after talking about the Super League, we're going to switch to just the Awesome League. Tell us about which playoff matchups we're going to discuss first.
1: Well, we've got two big playoff matchups, Daniel, and they are both action-packed. But, of course, we should observe that We had a big mix-up at the very end of the week with the week 14 results. And, Daniel, you were sitting in second place, but you fell to third.
2: Yeah,
0: Chase Chase put up a gigantic score in the final week of the regular season and vaulted himself into a first-week bye. And I tipped my cap off to him. As a result, I'm scoring off face-to-face with my blood brother. Your boy, uh, my boy, America's boy, Jay Moneybags. Um, you know, I took down Z-HUD, the stud, in the final week of the regular season. It boiled all down to a Monday night matchup with the Rams and Cardinals. Uh, and it was a real, uh, real good old-fashioned headbanger. And I'm sorry to have uh, shown Z-HUD the, the, uh, the door and uh, made him look forward to next season. Uh, and yeah, my reward was a matchup with the six CJ Money Bags. Uh as we're recording this on Thursday, uh, Money's put up a sizable score of 50 points so far Woo. as the Chiefs and Rams, or excuse me, as the Chiefs and Chargers head to overtime. He's got 27 from Herbert, 23 from Kelsey. Uh, and that's a huge start as I'm uh, down DeAndre Hopkins. I'm down, uh, Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, uh, and things aren't looking great out of the gate for me against our boy, Jay Moneybags.
1: Yeah, Daniel, I mean, it, it was just it's night and day, the situation you found yourself in. Uh, I believe you were nine and two, correct, at, at, after week 11. And uh, the beginning of uh, this month-long stretch, you went two and two, and you know it's just been tough uh on your team you know when i looked at your squad with all the questionable injuries it's going to be a big question about if you can you know get a a squad to show up but at the same point i feel like you're strong enough and potentially deep enough uh to do so so i uh i still think you'll be able to hold court against jay money but jay you know is coming in firing on all cylinders too after last week so he's going to be coming coming ready
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mentioned Chase put up a big number in the final week to vault past me in the uh, scoring section uh, of our tiebreaker. Chase finished uh, just a shade under five points, 4.9 points ahead of me in the season standings. Worth noting in my matchup where I emerged victorious against Hud the Stud, uh, I did leave Dalvin Cook on the bench. He went for 40 points. Uh, last Thursday against the Steelers uh, had I played cook last week uh, I certainly would have been looking at a second place finish in the standings and a first uh, first week bye. so Chase you're welcome and uh, I'll see you in the next round hopefully
1: so yeah Daniel you've f- you know finished third place last year uh, how do you feel uh, about your overall chances now?
0: Yeah, it's uh, been a tough turn of the tides in the Ray Lewis League, and uh, it has me questioning if my current uh, stronghold of Cook in Elliott is the long-term future for us. Uh, but uh, we're going to see. I think that guys like Dak Prescott have kind of underwhelmed for me in recent weeks and it's somebody that I really kind of uh, hope can get us a balance back here, Cooper Cup appears to be one of the only guys healthy for the Rams that hasn't caught COVID as of yet uh, so I think I've got a lot of question marks and if our guy Jay Moneybags wanted to make a power play, uh, shake up the house and try and make a run at the final uh, you can really take down the Titan here Uh, who's off balance this week
1: yeah jay finishes eight and six which is the most wins he's had since 2012 so congrats to jay
0: yeah jay didn't have to rely on any tiebreakers he put the uh thing in his own hands and uh, he went out there and won it so uh like you said hats off to him And, uh, you know, I'm hoping the best of luck for him, except that I hope that he loses this week against me. Um, And so uh, let's take a look at the top side, the northern side of the bracket and the second of the two matchups in the Ray Lewis League.
1: Yeah, we've got. Number four, Anal Fisters versus the number five team, Andy Martin Siren House, the top scorer in the league, like we talked about early, earlier. Andy finished this season eight and six, and Derek Babb nine and five. Derek currently sits in the lead with a 16 point lead. Uh, Keenan Allen finished with 16 points tonight on Thursday Night Football. We're recording this just as Travis Kelsey catches a game winning overtime touchdown pass for about 40 yards to really seal the deal for Jay Moneybags, He's got 36 points. You know, he went from 50 points up to you to now 63 and a half.
0: On yeah, the he did. he <laughs> sure did. And uh, yeah, it's been good knowing you Ray Lewis league and we'll see you next season, man.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Daniel. So yeah, you know, I, I hope that you still believe in your team for sure to come through. I don't I do I mean I'm looking at the other side of Jay moneybags, and you know he came in with a lower seed in the sixth, sixth seed for a reason uh because of the you know the strength of his his team, and so you've got a stronger team going into this. We'll see what happens, but Jay has put up the high score of the evening um but anyway, back over to other uh, bout in the uh playoffs, it's Derek Bad versus uh siren house andy martin andy second place finishes in 2015 16 2020 and he made the playoffs in 2018 multiple times doing that with uh six and seven win seasons this year he puts together eight wins it's his highest win rate since 2016 when he went eight and five
0: yeah and across the table Derek babb nine and five Locking down a top four seed. And he did all of that without the services of Christian McCaffrey. Out on injured reserve for most of the season. Uh, he was, he was uh, bullied by the likes of Joe Mixon, Matthew Stafford, uh, Mike Evans, Van Jefferson. Solid pickup for him. Uh, and he does have the uh, handcuff for Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hats off to Derek for uh, coming out with a high seed in the face of adversity this year.
1: Yeah, you know, our whole storyline with Derek was that he entered this season for the first time in the Ray Lewis League as a 500 ball club at 61 and 61 after a four and nine season in 2020. Um, you know, the story with Derek is he entered the league right when we started in 2012, and he did uh, two two seasons where he had four and five wins. But then after that, he's been super solid with at least eight wins in all but one of those seasons. And then in 2020, he fell back down four and nine. Uh, but we blame that on the baby, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so mm-hmm. this year, it's great to see him come back nine and five. Uh, He won the championship in 2019. Uh, Excuse me, Daniel. You know, if you're putting your money down right now, do you take Andy, a man that's been known to make the championship, or do you give it to Derek Babb, the anal fisters, who's finished in third place three times?
0: Yep. I think Derek's magical season ends here. Uh, He's rolling the dice with several Rams players in the starting lineup, as well as to Ernest Johnson currently uh cleveland running back is his rb2 as well we know how risky it can be relying on joe mixon when you need it the most and at the end of the day andy's team is the one that rosters jonathan taylor uh so i'm looking for andy to emerge victorious in this matchup between the four seed and the five seed
1: mm-hmm. and uh obviously the winner of that game is going to go on and face uh, Johnsonville champs. Correct. In the buy.
0: I do believe that is correct.
1: Yeah. So, you know, now looking big picture, Tristan's going up against potentially Andy or Derek. And then uh, Chase is potentially going up against Daniel or Jay money. Um, You know, I've got to say that if I had to put my money on any of these six guys, I think the hottest guy coming in the league, I might have to put it on Siren House, just thinking about how he's scored the most in this league, and uh, he may be one of the most in-tune owners that we've got, and uh, I'm excited to see how he performs in the playoffs, especially with the idea that he's made the championship multiple times.
0: No doubt, and I am certainly going to be watching to see if we get that blood feud between brothers in law, Johnsonville champ, and Siren House. Uh, Tristan, obviously, the defending champion. We've gone head-to-head against his matchup in the finals from last season. Uh, And if I could speak on Andy's behalf, I think he would say that there's unfinished business between the two.
1: Mm -hmm. I got to agree. And uh, I think Andy's got a lot of respect for his brother-in-law, and I think the rest of the league needs to give that, too. You know, back three years ago in 2018, Tristan went two and 11 and he was averaging a 31.4 point differential in his losses, but he's turned around 2019 and 2020, put himself into a best position, won the championship last year, and he's in the playoffs with a buy. So, you know, big congrats to him. He's played so great. His storyline so far, you know, before his jump in 2019, you know, he'd been a 500 kind of ball club or sub 500 ball club. Uh, for most of his run in, in the league. So, you know, he's really turned it around in the last couple of years. And so we're looking to see uh, how he can do the rest of the way. And let's talk about the last player with a with the the buy this year. And he's uh, our weed smoking guy of the week. That's Chase Vickery, Mr. Atlantic City Knockouts.
0: Yes. So Quinn, cue up the music while I try and live up to the standard of Chase. You know, Chase was the first person I ever met that owned one of those gas mask bongs. You know, it's like a, a, a real uh, army surplus gas mask. But Chase somehow figured out a way to smoke weed out of it. So Chase, here's some reggae music and this one's for you, man. Yeah, I still, you know, it's hard to make me cough like I did that one day.
1: That was a great cough, you know. My first cough uh, was actually on Chase's property. uh, So you could even say that, you know, the first place that I ever imbibed was, uh, you know, hosted by Chase's land and on his property. He was, you know, his place.
0: Speaking of fatal four-ways, the 2010 WWE Fatal Four-Way was held Sunday, June 20th in Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. Main feud was a fatal four-way match for the WWE Championship between defending champion John Cena, Randy Orton, Edge, and Sheamus. After Cena retained his title against Batista in an I quit match at Over the Limit, Sheamus attacked Cena. On the May 24th episode of Raw, Bret Hart was announced as the new Raw general manager. Before Batista could cut a promo, Hart interrupted and said that if Batista wanted his rematch, then he would have to qualify. Batista refused to wrestle, citing an injury, and Hart then let Orton qualify by forfeit before Batista quit the WWE. Edge and Sheamus won their respective qualifying matches to gain entry into the match alongside Orton. The following two weeks saw the four wrestlers compete against each other in singles and tag team bouts. In the main event, John Cena faced Sheamus, Randy Orton, and Edge in a fatal four-way match for the WWE Championship. None of the competitors stayed in the ring for long as when one would get an advantage over another opponent, they would be interrupted by another one of the challengers. In the midst of the commotion, Sheamus pinned Cena to win the title, bringing the event to a premature conclusion
1: and we're back we're here we're talking about Chase Chase had three seasons Daniel in a row he's gone 6 and 7 three seasons of mediocrity and sneaking into the playoffs uh, finished fourth place in 2017 and then after that uh, he actually had a third place finish in 2018 at 6 and 7 but it's been a downhill slump for him since his 2016 championship when he went 10 and 3 but he finds himself in the bye He's looking to, you know, stop. He stopped his losing season streak and uh, is finishing up quite well this year.
0: Yeah, Quinn Chase has turned things around in a serious way. And as I've said several times before, uh, his team is flushed and talent and he's going to have some tough decisions to make come Keeper Day next season. But as far as this season is concerned... He's going to go half to head. He's going to have to go head to head against Jay Moneybags and myself. And uh, the way Money's team is performing so far this week, I don't think that either one of us are going to have a problem taking down team at Linux City Knockouts next round. And Chase, here's the memo to you. It's time to change your team name.
1: Exactly. You know, he actually mentioned this at the beginning of the season, and I feel like this is the season that everybody was, you know, done with it. Uh, Daniel, how do you feel about that title?
0: Done with it.
1: We're done with it. You know, it's just a different era. Uh, We're fine with Sandusky Shower, I guess, but we're done with this one.
0: Done with a few of these names. Done with Facebook Messenger, but I bet both of those factors remain the same next season.
1: And with that, guys, the playoffs are here. Let's see what happens. We'll let you know next week. Please check in because uh, we're going to have some exciting things uh, for our playoff podcasts.
0: Coming up, after a word from our commercial sponsors, we're going to take a deep dive into the vampire playoff standings and situation, as well as one final look at the QPC projections. Coming up after this.
1: Let me get some water. Maybe do better this next segment. I don't know.
0: (laughs) The original Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Nature's choicest products provide its prized flavor. Only the finest of hops and grains are used. Selected as America's best in 1893, the original Blue Ribbon Beer. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Quinn, I'm here in studio with you and i'm glad you're here because i'm about to introduce you to my brand new segment are you ready for this shake and bake baby so quinn this isn't going to be an every time segment but it's going to be one of those every time it's on it's the right time to be on kind of segments and it's uh you know think of it as daniel's fireside chat uh pictures is uh you know in a in a hedge labyrinth out in a British field. Uh, Think of it as relaxing. And then I'm going to catch you off guard with a question. You ready for uh, the first segment of uh, Daniel's fireside chats? I'm here for a D. Okay. So Quinn, your question is, uh, what's the most memorable time that you've been high around a member of Chase's family?
1: uh great
0: question daniel um let me think this is where you cut in like some reggae music you know quinn you got anything for us
1: yeah i think i've got a memorable moment here it's got it you know one of my favorite times where uh, there's gotta be when we're driving you remember okay a couple episodes back daniel we talked about a movie (laughs) where i blew a bong out of the long water out of the out of the bong while i was driving and i was trying to turn left and you i was you know you were driving with the wheel and i was hitting the bong in my hands driving with my feet
0: yeah ah i remember
1: <laughs> yeah and you you simply said put on your left blinker and i just lost it and blew the bong water with laughter out of the bong out of the piece um well that road is led to chase's house and i would say the most memorable one is us smoking and you showed me this tool album. And we're driving down this road, probably going it's like 40 miles an hour, and there's about you know half a mile of road to drive before you take a left on a Chase's neighborhood.
0: What vehicle and are we in?
1: We're in like uh not the Jimmy, but the, the nicer
0: truck. red
1: truck. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. So Hell it was cruising, yeah. right? And it had a sound system. And you're like, I got this new album. And I was like, oh, really? It's like, it's by Tool. And and, I get, and you had listened to it before. And so you're like, I love this track. And you start the album at the very beginning. And it just starts with like drums. And we're like pulling up into Chase's neighborhood almost, like probably a thousand feet away. And it's just... You know, just like this craziness. And you just look at me. And right when you look at me, like the vocals come in and you just scream, and like, it just it took me to their level and I, I feel like we didn't even go inside like we pulled right up to the basketball court and called dan we called chase being like we're on the court uh, you're just uh, on the court so that was a memorable time i guess technically in front of the parents they must have come out at some point to say hi and so we technically were there uh but that was you know uh i don't have Too strong a memory. I have more memories of us being too drunk. Like, say, when we were too drunk at the golf tournament in Fort Smith, there was that. That was just you. That was just you. That was too drunk. You were lit too, right, bro? You sound
2: desperate. Yeah, sure, I was.
0: Right.
1: You and me both, bro. You and me both.
0: Uh, Well, coming up after a word from our commercial sponsors. We're going to talk about why Quinn's drinking is not a problem, but why his lack of wins in the Vampire League is. That and a look at QPC projections after this. Follow. Follow. Follow, follow, follow. Follow. Follow us on many different platforms, including Anchor, Spotify.
1: We're also brought to you by ZipRecruiter.
0: Follow. Stitcher. Soon to be Apple Podcast Again, that's Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher Google Podcast Soon to be Apple Podcast Soon to be Follow, follow Follow, follow, follow Apple Podcast Especially favorite us say more, I would say that you should follow us because we're integral, to the point, factual. We're just here to do the right thing.
1: Also, Ace Bandages.
0: Okay, Quinn, so we've talked about playoffs in one league. Let's go ahead and take a look at the bracket in the other. Six teams entered the league. Only four have a chance at the crown. After 15 weeks, tell us what we're looking at head-to-head.
1: Daniel, it was a valiant effort by the league to thwart you. Uh, But I'm going to say conscience is, you know, conscience is uh, prevailed and people put out squads that could win games and no
0: games were technically thrown. (laughs) Technically is a creative word to use there. Speaking of technically not thrown, uh, the guy who sits in the throne at the number one spot is Mr. Solo Dolo. Speaking of a name that needs to be changed. Uh, Chase did accomplish 10-4 record, good for first in the lead, two games over second seed eight and six Deacon Dwarf. Chase's reward, yeah. Yeah. Chase's reward is a matchup against five hundred seven and seven Jay Cutler, two time vampire Stephen Fox. Uh, the other side of the bracket, the aforementioned two seed Deacon Dwarf is squaring head to head against roommate. Vampire and former league champion, seven and seven. Stampire, he's back, motherfuckers, and this time for real.
1: Yeah, Daniel. This time, Daniel's back, coming in with a uh, with a vengeance. But you know, I want to stick on Mister Solo Dolo for a minute, and uh, we got to give him uh, an award. He's put on the best record, the most wins in the regular season uh, so far in our league with 10 wins. That's going to be, that puts him at the top in wins. Uh, We've only had nine wins and four losses be the, uh, the best record set so far And this year. He put up a 10 and four with that extra game added. Uh, So, you know, props to him on the new record and the new, the new season, he set the bar and uh, we'll see if he can take it over and become a vampire with this team.
0: You know, speaking of vampires, Nigel, please
1: come in. (laughs) Nigel, you must be tired. Please tell me where you're coming from and what (laughs) we got on you.
0: You'll have to pardon me, Quinn. I didn't, I really didn't mean to interrupt. I know you had quite a podcast scheduled already. Well, here, let's take a step outside. I
1: know it's raining. Outside, but maybe we could have this conversation on the porch.
0: Yeah, speaking of porches, it's good to see one. Because I haven't seen anything but the bottom side. <sighs> because I haven't seen anything but the bottom side of an airplane rental Dodge Caravan for 46 hours. Uh, Sergio uh, and I and, and, Landed uh, in the port and, of Baltimore uh, And we got us A Dodge Caravan Thinking Oh jolly Oh us
1: Yeah Nigel uh, Thanks for having uh, Us or taking the time To stop by You know Obviously, every time you come by now at this point, uh, you leave us with the most wonderful gifts, and we appreciate that. Um, You got an observation about uh, Chase's team uh, and who he's facing. He's
0: facing Smokin' Jay Cutler. You know, I, I was traveling, as I often do. This time, I was in a Harley Davidson going throughout the Southwest. I found a guy on Craigslist selling man-made peyote. It took me to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Chase is near now. now. I have to say, it's a hot, hot place. Anyways, I got the peyote and Sergio and I went to a local park. Next thing I know, Sergio and I are butt naked playing doubles tennis. On the basketball court. Midnight, of course, so nobody was there. We scurried around, found our clothes, and got on the nearest Greyhound to New Mexico. We haven't been to Dallas since. I mean, it's
1: a harrowing tale, Nigel. Did you say heroin? (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry I didn't, Nigel. Um, you know, oh, pardon me. now I know that you uh, you've got all the streaming apps and you were watching the game,
0: Except, you know, show time <laughs> on the fence about that one.
1: Right. Uh, well, you know, let's talk about the game we've got so far, you know. We finished Thursday Night Football, and currently it's 49.4 for Mr. Solo Dolo versus Smoke and Jay Cutler's 23.4. They had Herbert Mahomes and Keenan Allen playing. But surprisingly enough, due to the season-ending surgery for TJ Hawkinson, Smoke and Jay Cutler is without a tight end. Is this going to be a fatal flaw in his team? Season-ending surgery.
0: Nasty stuff. Sergio had a, a season of teaching in France that was ended early. hanging a student, of course. Anyways, without a tight end, I'm afraid Cutler's chances are over before they even began. Yeah,
1: I've got a side with you there. Makes me want to
0: look over to
1: our other matchup. The Vampire, usually our marquee matchups of the week. But now the Vampire can't steal players. So it's left to uh, what they can do. But the advantage still lives with the waiver wire. But other than that, it's going to be Stampire's back motherfuckers versus Deacon Dorf. In the first round of the Vampire playoffs, Deacon Dorf has had a huge night tonight, fielding Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill for 32.8 and 41 points for these two players. Daniel, you've got 18 with Austin Eckler going in. It's uh, going to be a tough road ahead with those big scores. How are you feeling, Stampire the Vampire?
0: Well, it's going to be an uphill battle, and we will see if the bold move of swapping kickers will pay off over two weeks. There were certain hesitance uh, that might have been short-sighted uh, if we think back about it a month from now and not taking one of the Chiefs past catchers. Um, but we've seen inconsistency from them all season. Mahomes' willingness to spread it out to Pringle, Robinson, Williams, Hilaire, et cetera. Um, Kelsey's battle drops. Uh, and, you know, this was just an ideal Chiefs game as they scored three touchdowns out of it, looks like probably the four that they registered on the night. Um, So this is what two-week playoff matchups are made of. Aaron Rodgers is questionable, dealing with a broken toe. Joe Mixon's been inconsistent as of late. And uh, Kurt's not currently registering a defense. And he's got Chris Bileswell dealing with bad juju. Uh, So I've got plenty of time. Austin Eckler did enough to say that he did his job so now i just need some people to be exceptional and some of the people on my team have excelled at being exceptional all year including cooper cup devo samuel rob gronkowski uh alvin Kamara is back and proved that he was solid last week we look for him to continue that against tampa this week and my boy white culpepper josh allen as long as he's healthy is in my starting lineup this week against Carolina.
1: Yeah, it's a tough sport. Daniel, two weeks are big. Obviously, these matchups go week 15, 16, and then the championship round is week 17 and week 18. How are you feeling about the idea of having two vampire killers going up against you for two straight weeks?
0: Well, I'm hoping they got it all out of their systems. <laughs> yeah, week. Like, kind of, uh, like I kind of alluded to, they've been a little more inconsistent than we've been used to. Next week, they're going against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is looking to get TJ Watt back to 100% health. Um, their offense has been hot and cold, but seems to be capable of doing enough on most weeks to keep them in a game. Uh, So I'm hoping that they provide a stingier uh, resistance than the Chargers just did on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, if we can just keep one of them to their average, uh, you know, the other one can go off. We just can't accept a 41 and 33 Point output like we saw tonight from those two
1: pretty wild stuff and you know let's go back to this fact daniel you're the vampire the rules stated that you were able to use the waiver wire, which was ever uh, any of the players left after our auction draft. And if you beat anybody in the regular season, you could take a trade, and you could get any trade you wanted uh, from one of your from one of your starters for any player on the roster of someone else in the league. So I just want to take a second and just make a comment, like you know, if you can't see it because you're not in the league, like let's list who's on your team currently, because I pretty much think that you've got your actual playoff bench on, on on the roster, you'd say, Daniel?
0: Uh, yeah, more or less. There's, like, uh, I have one player that doesn't really make sense to have on my team. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, it's a pretty solid uh, A team.
1: Yeah, let me, let me just run it down. We've got Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Najee Harris – and then uh, Matt Gay uh, as your kicker, Dallas as your defense currently. Uh, then Jamar Chase, Cordell Patterson, Leonard Fournette, Kyler Murray, James Conner, uh, Jalen Waddell, and Alexander Madison. But man, you know, anybody would want any of those players on their team, correct? I mean, let's just be honest. Like, that's the result of the Vampires' momentum over an entire season, building and building and building. If you can figure out how to win, from the waiver wire picks after again you know we talked roster spots earlier 102 total with you included but if we take your 17 out you know it's basically the top 85 players are already auctioned off to our five ball clubs and you at the bottom and if you you figured out how to win and now you've ended up with uh these this you know full roster of fantasy players to choose from
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, guys like Leonard Fournette, number three fantasy running back, uh, Tom Brady, number two fantasy quarterback. Those are guys on my bench that were uh, left undrafted this season. It's not a knock on the draft process because I think that all the teams have gotten better year over year in terms of uh, cleaning up the scraps and making it harder and harder for the Vampire every year. These are just the people that split through the filtration system. That and guys like Debo Samuel, who have mm-hmm. been huge. And uh, nobody could have predicted the amount of touches he was going to get in the running game right. in San Francisco, uh, as well as how effective he's been as like a red zone target. And a touchdown machine in general for San Francisco. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, same thing. Uh, you know, when he's been healthy, he's been a big time pass catcher and a big red zone target. And that's been a big proponent that's put him at the uh, 13 tight end position, even though he's missed a ton of games. Because when he's played, he's broken double digits nearly every single time. Um, so, It's been a combination of uh, a few diamonds in the rough and then uh, picking up a couple wins along the way that got me the likes of Eckler, Kamara, Cup, Josh Allen and company, Najee Harris.
1: Yeah, you've got a huge ball club. Kurt's got a big hill to climb and he took a big chunk out of your leg tonight uh, with his performances from his two vampire killers. So he might have been... You know, maybe one of the worst matchups for you to face in round one uh, for this. Um, But talking about Kurt's team a little bit, finishes eight and six. It's his best record yet in the league. You know, his first three seasons, he had five, six and five wins. You know, below 500 ball club, never been in the playoffs, zero winning seasons. Gets his first winning season uh, and speaking towards his ability to become the vampire with eight wins you know, uh, no one with less than seven wins has ever won the Vampire Tournament. And so it's important to see, uh, you know, uh, other than the Vampire, he had seven wins, but really any of the, the other times when Steven won, he had nine wins and last year you had nine wins. So Kurt, uh, you know, has an opportunity with his eight wins to, uh, you know, really compete for, for a title.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it's been interesting to kind of compare the past seasons. It felt like uh, it felt like there was more parity this season between the teams, but I don't know that that actually bears out. If you look at the season-over-season season standings, I think there's been more seasons where there's been a cluster um, and uh, a, a smaller margin between last place and first place. Uh, But it felt like everything was competitive from start to finish. And uh, Quinn, not just saying this because your team would ring true with this, but it felt like uh, a lot of things just hinged on a few weeks of injuries and losses to the vampire.
1: Yeah. um, You know, I think uh, we're going to have to see how this last one, you know, goes out over two weeks if you had to put your money down, Daniel, you know, do you see yourself uh, repeating as a vampire currently tonight?
0: Negative. Um, I think Steven's team is probably the only team I could easily beat, but Curt and Chase is just a toss-up. So uh, we'll see. Curt yes, got a big jump this week, and Chase's team has Jonathan Taylor on it. And so that's uh, a lot of vampire killers across those teams. And then even if you, you know, if you squint your eyes and uh, look, you rub your eyes and squint and look at uh, Steven's team, you can convince yourself that, say, you Barkley or Mike Evans could be vampire killers. So uh, there's... Uh, not an easy path to a championship and a repeat for the vampire, uh so I'm excited to see how it plays out no matter what um let's uh let's go I'm excited. I love it. it's gonna be exciting uh next couple of weeks. we'll see what
1: happens how this playoff bracket develops and you know I think the last thing we should check out is the q p c projections,
2: yeah.
0: Absolutely. Are the uh, is the FCC calling for a commercial break? Or are we just rolling? I think yeah. Break?
1: Let's take a break, and uh, we'll be right back right after this. ESPN the Ocho, always
0: one hundred. We're back, and, Quinn, we have just one more thing to talk about, and it's a fan favorite, the QPC projections. And I think it's something you're going to be happy to talk about as we reflect on season's end. This extended break is brought to you by America's Test Kitchen Slow Cooker Revolution. Italian vegetable stew serve six, cook time four to six hours on low. Why this recipe works. Creating any vegetable stew in the slow cooker so that the vegetables remain bright and flavorful requires just a few tricks. For this Italian-inspired stew, we found that we needed to brown the eggplant first or else it was soggy, and wan-tasting in the final stew. Since we had our skillet out already, we added more oil to it and browned the chopped tomatoes, which gave them a deeper flavor, along with a little tomato paste and the aromatics and oregano. The potatoes cooked perfectly in the stew without the foil packet, given the short cooking time, but we needed to add the ruccini at the end ensure that it remain green and crisp tender serve with garlic toast quick polenta or focaccia serve with garlic toast quick polenta or focaccia yeah
1: daniel i'm super proud of uh how we ended i ended it super strong it had 3-0 last week in the QPC projections.
0: Well done. Well done. Man. Thanks, my man. Uh, I'm going to guess that you didn't get the projections right as to who the vampire would steal in the final week of the regular season.
1: No, that I, I got completely wrong, um, but I feel like that was based off of a lot of uh, commotion uh, between the five families and the vampire last week. But no. Uh, Yes, in terms of our QPC projections, last week's matchups, I all guessed right, I thought you would go down and be victorious uh, over Kurt, which was true, and I had me uh, losing in the final effort against uh, smoking Jake Cutler, and to top it all off, Mr. Solo Dolo took out Robbie Courtway and uh, actually ended up knocking Robbie out of the playoffs.
0: Okay. So you went 3-0 and in the last week of the regular season. What did that take your record to at the end of the year?
1: All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, Daniel, I ended uh, with a record in the QPC projections for 2021 at 24-18. and 18, And that's good enough for a 57% prediction rate.
0: Now, tell me if you have the stat available, what were your forecasted season records for each team?
1: Yes, so that was also something that I could add up at the very beginning of the 2021 season. I did these projections, projected out every game for the whole season, and I had uh, Smoke and Jay Cutler finishing strong uh, at 11 and three. Mister Solo Dolo finishing at nine and five, and Longbone Shorty finishing at seven and seven. Deacon Dorf at seven and seven. Stampires back at seven and seven. And uh, Mr. Turd Ferguson finishing at 1 and 11.
0: Okay. So you're one off on three of the people. I think you had Jace at 9 and 5. He finished 10 and 4. Right. Yeah. You had Deacon Dwarf at 7 and 7. He finished 8 and 6. Right. But then you hit the uh, hammer on the nail with Stampyre at 7 and 7. Correct. Um, So. You know, you, you missed a bit on yourself, Robbie and Steven, uh, but the top half of the league, I got to tip your cap to You kind of forecasted that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I was setting records all year. You know, obviously I was the first player to go one in eight. Oh, no, excuse me, that Robbie did that in the first year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I turned it around at least. You know, I got four wins out of the year. Uh, This year, Daniel. So, you know, not the worst, uh, not the uh, not the worst year in the vampire year in the vampire league, but it's going to tie for the second worst year with the most amount of losses uh, uh, to ever go. The second most amount of losses. Uh, The only other person to get nine losses before that was me Uh in 2019 when I went four and nine. Um, so, you know, it's been a good ride, uh, up and down years, eight and five, four and nine, seven and six, four and 10. So hoping for an up year
0: next year. Now, I think the biggest question that fans of Bonafix trees are going to ask is they're going to look at that record one in six at home this season. <laughs> well, what do you have to do to win back the home crowd? What do you have to say to rumors that there's a potential ownership swap that maybe you're backing out of the league uh, and that maybe you also might be looking at relocating the team? Uh, what do you have to say to your fans after one in six showing at home?
1: But, you know, it's such a crazy... I don't even know why they provide you stats like that (laughs) in fantasy sports. I I think it was a good year for me. ended up okay. You know, I've got a losing record in the Vampire League. Uh, I'm one of two teams with a losing record in the Vampire... Or, excuse me, one of three teams. Half the league has a losing record. Half the league has a winning record. Chase uh, now uh, tied for, I believe, perhaps the most, if not the most, uh, wins in the Vampire League and uh, doesn't have a championship to show for it. So we'll just have to see how it turns out for him. But in terms of the QPC projections, you know, I don't have... A- now. Oh, oh! Who do we have here? My God! <laughs> My God!
2: That's Chase vicker's music! Mr. Solo Dolo himself.
1: Oh my god, Chase Vickery. It's so good to have you here. Chase, we're talking to QPC. I finished three and O last week to finish the season strong and finished the entire uh QPC projections with a fifty-seven percent uh prediction rate. That,
2: that seems rather strong for uh somebody who makes those projections at the beginning of the season so congrats on that
1: quinn yeah thank you i appreciate that it was really fun doing it you know i i wish you know, maybe you know sometime we could create even like a little bingo card some season you know perhaps everybody could get involved you
0: know now quinn i'm gonna put you to work since chase is here i'm gonna ask you to cue up the reggae music one more time chase the smoke lord i'm gonna take one <laughs> in your honor right now yeah me too chase
1: That chase, I already agreed to before you came on camera that we're not going to push you. So, Daniel, we're not pushing Chase on much. We're just happy to have you here. You know, you find yourself in the playoffs in two leagues. You even find yourselves in a third playoff that you haven't even heard up, heard about yet. So, we're excited to see how you do in that one. And uh, why don't you talk real quick about how you feel about uh, yourself winning a bye in the in the Ray Lewis
2: feel really good about the Ray Lewis League. Um, I don't really think my team is the strongest on paper. Um, I think our points for on the regular season kind of reflect that. Had some injury um, issues throughout. I believe all our running backs have got injured at one point or another. Um, but I've, I've been really proud of having uh, Josh Allen, Nick Chubb as the keeper. I think that has pushed me. I think a strong quarterback in the Ray Lewis League is worth a lot. And um, yeah, I, I felt pretty good and I'm glad we got the bye because um, it's going to be a hard run to make it through the playoffs. A lot of hot teams, Siren House, Big Red Bells are re- always strong and then uh, the Johnsonville Chumps as uh, Daniel likes to refer to <laughs> them are uh, rather rather um, strong as well. So. Uh, I think it's an uphill Enemies and battle. One
0: Enemies, and especially one with DeAndre
2: Swift hurt. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have a shot.
0: No, Chase, We're there, let me, and
2: that's all you need to be.
0: Chase, let me ask you. You mentioned your keepers and you mentioned DeAndre Swift. Uh, I've alluded yeah. to it several times. You've got a really, uh, really pretty dense team. We've seen Kittle win healthy. Uh, seemed like this is number one tight end in the sport. AJ Dillon on the rise. Jamar Chase a stud in Cincinnati. Uh you felt good about keeping Josh Allen and Nick Chubb coming into this season. Do you feel like those guys are locks as keepers going in next season? I feel like you've got a lot of thinking to do before draft date next year.
2: I I really do. I I've actually I have considered swapping a potential keeper um, for maybe somebody with higher upside, maybe like DeAndre Swift at the end of the season, Um, just because he's been playing hurt. And I thought maybe I could get somebody that would help me in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I'm really not sure. I I think it's between four guys. It's probably uh, Kittle, Chubb, Allen, and Swift. Um, I'm really not sure which way I'm going to go at this point.
0: Yeah, well, fortunately for you, you got a long time to think about it between now and then. And you've got a long time even between now and your next match up there uh, with a the week bye and uh, auto advance into the semifinals. So I want to ask you about the matchup where you are in a playoff matchup this week. You're going head to head against two time vampire, seven and seven, smoking Jay Cutler. Snuck into the playoffs as the four seed going against you this week. You said uh, that you're a big fan of Andy's team, who's been riding the hot hand of Jonathan Taylor. You've been blessed with the same thing in the uh, Vampire League chase. Tell me, you're a financial man, you're a business-minded man. Tell me, try and describe to the listeners what an advantage it was to get Jonathan Taylor for five dollars in an auction league. Tell us, tell us in layman's terms, uh, what an advantage that gave you from the onset.
2: Well, it's been huge. Um, I, I think if anybody who listened to our draft podcast knows that I had numbers on auction values on all my guys that I was targeting coming into the draft. And I believe I had Jonathan Taylor up in the 20s, maybe low 30s. Um, so I saved, got him at about a fifth of the price. Of what I was anticipating, I could possibly spend on them. So I got to move that money around. Um, I got, I had a stacked wide receiver room all season, and I think that has really helped. Uh, prevail
0: me to the number one seed in this league sure and uh, let me add quinn i'm sure you've got questions but let me have one more thing chase i think the one other thing that stood out to me uh that you've really thrived at this season has been your maneuvering in your successful trades uh it seems like you've always been there to be active When somebody had an injury and needed somebody who was healthy, it seemed like you upgraded from B and B-plus players to A-plus players several times over the season just because you could provide a healthy alternative. Uh, Tell me how successful you felt you were in those trades throughout the season.
2: Um, I think trading has been a huge part of my success this season. Um, My mantra going in once I had was fairly confident, I was locked into the playoffs, and uh, I did not think that I needed to win every game every week, I thought I needed to build my team for the playoffs. So if somebody was on a bye or had an injured back and needed help that week, I might trade my back that's active that week and maybe get one of their backs coming off of an injury or on a bye week just so I would have that stronger player down the stretch when that person was in maybe a more of a win now mode.
0: Sure. Yeah. And those trades have, uh, you the rewards of players such as Deandre Swift, Aaron Jones, Russell Wilson, um, stop me if I'm, yeah, Devante Adams. Uh, yeah, you've done an excellent job and, uh, we'll see if Steven's got what it takes. Uh, you got 23 from Herbert, that worked to neutralize the 29 from the homes, but you got 20 from Allen a week after he missed a game uh, off of COVID. So Quinn, I know uh, uh, you went a while without talking, so I'm sure you've got a lot. Uh, you want to unload for Chase before he's got to go. He's a busy man these days. What do you got, baby? Yeah, Chase, you've been a
1: listener of the podcast this year. I just wanted to hear your thoughts about where, you know, Maybe if you had any favorite moments uh, from the pod?
2: Favorite moments from the pod. Well, I I like the QPC projections every week. I'm uh, big on uh, the, seeing what you think and who who you have anticipating winning each matchup each week. Um, the commercials are always fire. Those are those are the best that come with any pod that is out there. Um, I'm surprised Larry Fisher uh, made it out of prison. So that's always a big moment. That was news to me. And um, just the insight. Something I think the Vampire has done this year has uh, project out who he anticipates potentially taking if he wins his matchups. And I like that insight. I've seen that and read that in other Vampire Leagues, Sometimes the Vampire calls his target every week prior to the matchup, where maybe the, his opponent can maneuver, may, maybe obtain a backup at that position or something. I've, I've seen that in other leagues, so I, I, I like how Digital and the, the Vampire has been that house. I
1: like it. So Chase, you know, if you were to become the Vampire, are you ready to take on that
2: role on this show? My time is valuable, but um, I, I will be more active in the pods when I am the vampire. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel I, I can't mess with the chemistry of the two hosts. Um, they've got a good thing going, but, yeah, I'll, I'll probably pop in a little more from time to time uh, next season when I am the vampire.
1: I like it. Daniel, Chase, it's been great having you guys. Uh, this has been a strong episode. The playoffs are upon us. Three huge brackets the Ray Lewis League, the Vampire League, and the Vampire Journals Podcast 2021 Fatal Four Way Tournament. We can't wait for all this stuff. It's been great having you guys. All right, Chase, best of luck to you.
0: I hope to see you in the championship. And uh, Quinn, I guess I'll see you in next year's championship. Yeah.
2: When that nit bracket to win still though?
1: You know that's right. We'll we'll let you guys know in two weeks
0: how the nit brackets turning out too. You know. Oh wait, you know since we got chase chase, you got a minute. Yeah, I've yeah, got one right. last. Oh, minute. yeah! No, I mean Quinn, you're not very. I chase, technically us...
1: I got time for this one last segment.
0: Yeah. 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 I have to go. Chase, give us give us two minutes on the Razorback
2: basketball this year. Razorback basketball. Okay, I I think Razorback basketball, I think it's going to be a team that's going to hit their stride later in the season again. Um, There's some ups and downs. Uh, The non-conference schedule has been soft so far. Um, And that's probably been a good thing because they have been very inconsistent and they're not making jump shots right now. But a lot of talent there with all the transfers, I think and i think it's one of the deepest rosters they've had in years maybe not the elite talent they've had in the past but it's one of the deeper rosters they've had in years and i think if you get all those guys done by the time it hits late february early march you get in a good position to make a run in the ncaa tournament and i ultimately think that's think that's what they have the talent to do um it may not be Elite eight again it may be a sweet 16 Maybe round of 32, but I do think they're going to be winning a game in the NCAA tournament and potentially and more than likely playing on that second weekend in March.
0: Do we know who our best player is?
2: I don't really think you do, honestly. Um, J.D. Notay is the easy answer, but he's a microwave. Very up and down, inconsistent. So I really don't know. I love what Adiz Tony has shown. Um, in the early season here, Um, just an energy guy. But I don't know, I think he's playing a little over his head right now, honestly. Um, I still think there's an opportunity for guys like Devo Davis to play better. Down the stretch, Jalen Williams does it all. Um, I think he's one of our better players. And then um, I think Stanley Amude is probably gonna pick it up down the stretch as well. And he might turn into one of our more consistent third or top three, four scoring options. And then, of course, Chris likes. Um,
1: oh, I hate Chris. Likes. That guy's
2: a scorer. That guy's a scorer, <laughs> I but I, 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 he, he just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Okay. Like
0: One last question. I
2: feel they take advantage of it.
0: And them. this is for Chase and Quinn. It's to fill in the blank. Jalen Williams is the best athlete to come out of Fort Smith since blank hmm. great question don't you, and don't you say
1: scott say isaiah, and don't you oh, say yeah.
0: scott Edie.
1: no no if i would say you know in my heart of hearts i'd love to say it was matt jones but okay it's
0: not- let's take yeah. isaiah joe out of the equation since they technically played together at north side
2: oh okay yeah that's that's fair
0: so
1: now we're talking matt Jones's slick shelley's
2: well, if Matt Jones didn't technically live in Fort Smith, if he's from Van Buren... He played could we, could, at Northside. Could we even count that? He okay. counted for we're, Northside. We're
1: counting, counting it right now. Okay. I mean, I'm um, to go with Matt Jones, right? Or, you know, yeah, Matt Jones, Matt Jones, Matt Jones. Um,
0: what, about,
2: what about... What about...
0: Didn't Tara Brady's little brother run track at the University of Arkansas?
2: He did. True. Yeah, but track athletes, real athletes.
0: (laughs) Hot takes.
1: Well, Uh, all right. I'm uh, gonna
2: go with Matt O'Neill, state champion Matt O'Neill. Wow. He was a Division One baseball player slash football state champion quarterback.
1: Yeah, we got you know we were close. All right. Thanks, you guys James.
0: didn't ask me what my answer was. Oh, what's your answer, Daniel? What is,
2: what is your answer, Daniel?
0: My answer: Priest Holmes.
2: Uh, Priest Holmes played, but, but but he didn't go to high school.
0: Jaleel Okafor.
2: That's it. That's the answer right there. Jaleel Okafor. He moved away in third grade, but I saw him in his uh, first grade um, basketball playoffs, and man, that guy could dominate.
1: Yeah, good dunk already.
2: He, he was a foot taller than my brother on the court, but I mean, and they were guarding each other. So he had a bit of an unfair advantage at a young age, but man, that guy, that, that was one of, that was the most dominant basketball player I ever saw in the Fort Smith Boys and Girls Club. And I had seen quite a few uh, basketball players. You watched come me play a couple of times. Yeah. Chase, yeah.
0: do me one last favor before ah. we go. Say, say, we'll catch you guys next time. On the Vampire Journals podcast.
2: We'll catch you guys next time on the Vampire Journals podcast.
0: Fuck yeah. Fuck
1: yeah. Fuck yeah.